Hello, everybody, uh, and welcome back to Big Ideas on the Go. Um, uh, today we have as our guest, uh, Chris from Data Kitchen, um, and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, both himself, Data Kitchen, and the emergence of data operations. So, you know, Chris, maybe with, without kind of further ado, maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, your background and maybe tell me a little bit about uh, Data Kitchen and, and how one led to the other. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks. Uh, happy to be here. So. Um... You know, I'm, I guess I'm a middle-aged nerd, right? And, and half my career was sort of building and writing software and managing teams. And then about 2005, when my kids were young, I got the bright idea to focus on data and analytics and, um, you know, manage teams that did data science and data engineering and visualization and, and governance even before that word existed. And, uh, you know, honestly, my life sort of sucked. Um, we were dealing with healthcare customers, sales and marketing people, and things were breaking left and right. And I, as a leader, I was getting yelled at. And then I, you know, even when we did good work, people would have 10 or 15 follow-up questions and we couldn't go fast enough for them. And I'd hired a bunch of smart people and they all love their tools. You know, we had the R versus Python people and the Tableau versus Click people. And so um, I guess my journey, uh, personal journey sort of inner woven with this idea of data ops, how do you be a technical leader and do that in a way where, um, you know, your life doesn't suck. Um, and so what I've learned is that the sort of principles that um, were used in software and the principles that were used in manufacturing, the sort of management ideas of TQM and Deming and Agile and DevOps, they really apply to data and analytics. Um, and so in some way, my, my journey in the definition of data ops is, hey, there's two different groups who managed to figure out how to work. Factories have learned how to make really high quality things like cars. Software's really learned how to deploy things into production quickly. Let's take those two ideas and just apply them to the value chain and data and analytics. Um, and so about eight years ago, we founded this company um, and we've been, we called it Agile Analytic Operations or DevOps for Data Science. And about five years ago, we settled on data ops and have been, uh, have a software product and have been talking about it ever since. And um, so, Data Kitchen does what? It does consulting. It does advisory. What's your What's your mandate? Um, so we have a software product, mm -hmm. and so that software product sort of plugs into the various tools that people have that do work with data and analytics. So some people have data governance tools, some people have ETL tools, some people have data science tools and data visualization tools, and so all those things those those tools plug into our platform. And the whole idea is, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like something goes wrong in production and you've got to pull 10 people together and find out where it is. Is it the database? Is it the, the transformation? Is it the raw data? And we can solve that. You know, we, we sit on top of all those tools and, and make, you, make sure you find the problem quickly. And then we've also had the problem of like, hey, we want to change something. And if you think about a really trivial change, I want to add a column to a database. Yeah. Well, okay, add a column. And then what's the transformation? What's the visualization? What's the model? What's the data catalog update? All those things are changes that need to be um, deployed together in my mind and, and, and deployed quickly because the best analytic teams I think are focused on learning and learning comes from iterations and, and iterations are hard unless you, you automate it. 
So, you know, you talk a lot about change and you give the example of a factory. So how, um, how on top of this do you, do you see the current market? Are they familiar with data ops? Do they get it right away when you talk to them about it? Do they understand the need for this uh, kind of near real time operational management of, of changes? It's improving, <laughs> but you know it's been a long journey. Um, and you know one of the reasons why you know we're a profitable company, we've grown from customer funding. Um, you know we're, we're getting to about sixty people, and I think it's going to be a journey because honestly, in nineteen like two thousand two, when this when the Agile Manifesto came out, I had I was a software engineering manager, and our chief architect said we should be agile, and I was like, why in the world would you ever want to ship software faster than five months? which was our current release cycle. I was like, no, and we did it in the next project. And, you know, it was better. Um, and so I can understand why people are reluctant to say, hey, look, you can, you can do all this work and build this great analytic value chain. And this guy comes along and says, you know what? You can run it in production with low errors and you can change it really fast. And you can deal with the fact that it's owned by lots of people in the organization. And there's a pushback on that. And I think we're getting more proof points. And I think the market is... Uh, there's a bunch of smaller vendors who are in the space, um, both from a data observability or model app space. And so the venture community is uh, investing in it and people are uh, reading and learning and, and really identifying this as one of the core problems that they need to solve in order to be successful as an analytic leader or even as an individual contributor. Yeah, so one of your propositions or, or benefits certainly is this idea that you have multiple tools in an environment and you're kind of providing a fabric to both integrate and also kind of monitor um, to make sure that they get updated and, and so forth. So tell me a little bit about um, uh, how companies before the advent of technologies like yours were dealing with this kind of multiple tool problem. Was it just a manual process? You'd call the data steward and say, hello, I'd like you to update the catalog. Yeah, I think it's meetings, meetings and Word documents and spreadsheets. Um, and so, you know, uh, and this happened to me. So you imagine you, you have, you build something quickly and you and it's a catalog and a data engineering and some models, you get it in production and you find out something's wrong. And so you can invent some tasks and processes and meetings and checklists to say, okay, if we're gonna change it, this is, um, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And that's a fine way to, to do it. It just slows you down. Um, and then the, the second part is you start having problems in production and you start finger pointing. And then, you know, people, again, they get defensive and their sort of hackles go up. And so uh, I think one of the solutions is that you invent a people process and that people process takes care of it. The problem is it's slow and not fun to work in. And so if you build the system, in, in place of that people process that does, that allows you to love your errors, allows you to automate, allows you to solve problems as code instead of with, um, you know, meetings and Word documents. I think you're having a happier life. It's worth that investment. And that's what the software industry learned, honestly, is, um, you know, when I was a software engineering manager in 1999, I had a, a release engineer who was paid less and he was like one thirtieth of the staff. And now software teams, what your DevOps function is 25%, 30% of your staff, even more. Um, and so that investment in the system, in the how, instead of the sort of what in the particular, I think is um, will pay benefits um, for data and analytic teams. Okay. Well, you know, on, on the topic of kind of people and process, um, you, you know, as you kind of 
underscore data governance is largely a manual pro process today, right? Uh, and I apologize, I pronounced, pronounced the Canadian way. Um, um, so it's a largely a manual process. Where do you see data governance evolving? How do you see it shifting with the advent of machine learning and, and other technologies? Well, it sort of depends on you, how you define data governance, right? And, and so, um, you know, there's a lot of metadata in analytic systems, right? And some of them are expressed as catalogs and lineage, which I think, you know, I'm not an expert in data governance, but, and, and you would know better than me. Um, but I do think governance is, should, shouldn't be a bag in the side of your, of your work and it shouldn't be a manual process. To me, it feels like um, I'm, the, the way I touch the elephant is if you could do governance as code, right? In that example I talked about before where you're adding a column to a database table, well, there is metadata associated with that database table and that should be registered in a system and updated at the same time you update the, you, you do the DDL and alter the table and change the other stuff in the system. And so for me, um, I see the, the necessity of um, having a metadata system or, to, or a governance system so people can understand it. I also see governance as code. And, and the third thing I do see is there's sort of um, uh, the idea of the processes that act on data, you know, the source code, the tests, the timing, the release schedule, uh, that, that sort of process metadata actually I think is really important because, you know, if an analyst comes in, they, they want to know, hey, I want to understand the data. I want to understand the last time it was refreshed. I want to understand all the tests, are the tests good on it? And where did the data come from? And I think all that stuff can promote confidence and, and relieve the data and analytic team of kind of, you know, the sort of shame and blame of, of their customers who kind of, you know, don't trust them and maybe aren't happy with the work that they're doing. Okay, so, you know, maybe on a, on a kind of a parting note, you know, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on data ops and, you know, frankly, data kitchens role within data ops, but what does the future hold? Well, my, my prediction is that, you know, data ops is going to, and maybe this sounds uh, arrogant, but I think data, data ops is going to become a standard operating procedure for data and analytic teams, just like data governance has. And, you know, you talked to data and analytics seven, eight years ago, and the idea of a, of a data catalog and spending money on it and doing it was kind of a joke. People are like, ah, I'll just put it in a spreadsheet here and you'll, we'll mail it to people. And um, I think that was a manual process that wasn't automated and centralized. And I think there's a lot of uh, people have come to see that data governance is a, an accepted part of their, their work. And, I, and I'm hoping and trying to push the idea that focusing on operational excellence and automation, testing, deployment, um, doing your things as code versus manually, um, I think those things will become standard because honestly, you just have to. Um, and I've been in the field enough. There's no magic piece of software. There's no magic beans that's going to solve all these problems of agility um, and value focus on your customers. And I think that really is the key to success of any analytic team. Okay. Is there a funding round in your future? Uh, man, I get calls all the time. So uh, probably not, not in the future. Um, I, you know, I like running a profitable company, um, but you know, who knows? Um, there, there's always the, I, I, I'll, I'll look and see if I got another email from an investment bank <laughs> today, so. There's, there's always a, a VC learning. There's so much money in the world, it's insane. Yeah. That's right. Well, well look, uh, Chris, uh, thank you very much.
uh, for joining us today. I appreciate uh, the time you spent with us and educating all of us uh, a little bit on uh, this burgeoning field of data ops and, and the need for it. Um, and uh, for our audience, thank you again for joining uh, Chris Berg and myself. Um, and please um, subscribe to Big Ideas on the Go. Uh, and of course, leave reviews uh, wherever you download your podcasts. Thank you very much, everyone.